Hey, welcome everybody to our uh, live. And uh, listen, we're going to have an outstanding program for you all today. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm watching people on the app and, and on YouTube. Wonderful to have you all join us, taking time out of your schedules. And we're going to be talking about the spirit of the false prophet and uh, what's going on uh, with the direction of everything today. So please welcome our fantastic guest today, J.B. Hicks. And J.B., welcome to the program. Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on. Long time no see. Seems like we were just together here last week. Yeah, just last week in Texas. <laughs> and man, that message that you gave was absolutely terrific. I mean, it was really good. If you have a chance, everybody, uh, go back and, and check it out. And uh, you're going to be super blessed. I wanted to take care of this. Uh, first of all, JB, we received a praise report uh, from a lady named Lisa. And uh, Lisa said, I've recently started watching this program. I was a serious gambler for 15 years, always believed in God, but never had the strength to fight my demons. I went to church two weeks ago and have found strength in God to battle my addiction. It's early days, but wow, I'm changing. And for the better, I will keep this up. Jesus is my Savior. I was on the verge of suicide two weeks ago, mm. and now I've found the light. I will keep following the truth and trust in the Lord to save me and stay on this path. I'd like to be baptized when I feel I'm ready and have learned enough. Uh, thank you, and uh, thank you, Lisa, for that praise report. And JB, that's why we do what we do, isn't it? Amen. What a what a great way to start the program. Pray for Lisa. Praise God for her. What God's doing in her life. And yeah, that's that's what it's all about. It not by works. It's about the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. And uh, I know I so appreciated most of the speakers at your conference. I noticed uh, all gave the gospel, and that was uh, I don't know if you know this, but that's not always the case at these prophecy conferences. So yeah. praise God for that. You know, I I have noticed that <laughs> at, at prophecy <laughs> conferences. Uh, or many conferences, it's just not about the gospel and the hope in Jesus Christ. But um, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And in this case, she's watching, Lisa was watching Prophecy, came across it, and learned, hey, I need to, I need to, I need to get saved. And, and the hope that she has in Jesus, and praise the Lord. But uh, amen, that is why we do what we do. Um, so are you ready to roll? Yes, sir. I'm ready. I'm excited about the new book. Okay, so everybody, JB has a new book out on the false prophet. You can check it out right on the website, hopeforourtimes.com. You go to the store, uh, you'll see it there under the book section. And we're loading up a lot of new books over the next few days. But JB's is on there right now along with my book. But I'm going to get into this because, JB, this is exciting. You have a lot that you that you deliver in your messages and in your other books, and uh, this obviously is going to be uh, no exception. So I'm just going to start right in the beginning, chapter one, the Luciferians in sheep's clothing. So, JB, we hear all types of things about Luciferian. Those who are watching Bible prophecy, so much has been out there about it, because there's so few that even talk about this. Take it away, chapter one. Yeah, so uh, obviously the premise of the book comes from First uh, John chapter uh, 4, uh, where we read, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out 
into this world. And he goes on to talk about how the spirit of the Antichrist is already uh, at work in the world. So my previous two books, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, dealt with Satan's earthly accomplices and how he's working with them to try to usher in this, ultimately, this one world system that the Antichrist will take the helm of. Uh, this new book uh, deals, kind of zeroes in on the false prophet. And so, you know, Jesus told us very plainly to beware of false prophets. Uh, as we get closer and closer to the rapture and the, the end times, we're going to see a, a proliferation in all of these false Christs and false prophets. Uh, as you know, several times in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus warns about the false Christ. And so, uh, chapter, the very beginning of the book here just talks about how these uh, Luciferians are everywhere, and they are, in fact, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. And I kind of trace, you know, back through a biblical overview of what a false prophet is. We look at some examples throughout both biblical history in terms of Scripture, and then others, uh, you know, just in terms of modern history. Uh, and it's just amazing how when you really start to, to take a look at it, we are living in a time when there are more lies being told about Christ, about the Bible than at any other time. And it's, it's setting the stage for this uh, tyrannical reign of the, uh, of the dynamic duo, the, you know, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Yeah. Uh, when I think of the false prophet, uh, my mind automatically goes to Revelation chapter 13. And we have this second beast. He has two horns like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. I've always pictured the false prophet because of the, the uh, vision that John gives, two horns like a lamb, appearing to be Christian, at least appearing to be Christian to those who don't know the Bible very well or those who are deceived. So all the Christianese, I mean, you can take all of the miracles that Jesus did and, and uh, the false, between the false prophet and the Antichrist, they're going to be performing all kinds of miracles. But you remove the cross, you remove the truth of Jesus from that, what do you have? You have a liar, you have a false prophet. What are your, so when you look at that, you, you look at the world that we live in today, we have so much deception that is out there. We have a church that is lukewarm at best overall. You know, not all churches, everybody. I'm not saying... Every church is like that, but predominantly it's very lukewarm. They don't teach the Bible. It uh, looks to me like we are just set up for the deception of this one who's going to appear to be Christian to those who don't know the Bible that well. you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, remember, Satan's ultimate goal is to get everybody to worship him. He wants to rule the world. Uh, he tried a, a, a coup in heaven. It, it got rebuffed, obviously, and ever since then, he's been trying to take over the world. Uh, he's doing so in a, in, in a conspiracy that involves his earthly agents, the, the what they call themselves the Luciferians, as well as the evil spirits, you know, the, the evil angels in the celestial realm, and those constitute the Luciferian conspiracy. Well, this final seven-year period, prior to the return of Christ will really be when everything reaches a climax. And so it's always, it's often been pointed out that you've got this unholy Trinity uh, kind of trying to replicate the triune God of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Satan representing God the Father, the Antichrist representing God the Son, and then the false prophet representing God the Holy Spirit. And so in the same way that the Holy Spirit today is drawing people to Christ, this false prophet is going to draw people to the Antichrist. And that's really what the mark of the beast comes down to. 
to, you mentioned Revelation 13 a moment ago. That's kind of the primary passage where we read about the false prophet, not the only one. There, there are other mentions of him in the book of Revelation, but we get most of our data from Revelation 13. And he rolls out this system that does two things. It, it Number one, it, it controls people. And I don't want to jump the gun here, but in some of the other chapters in the book, we get into some of this technocratic tyranny and how the technology and AI are going to be used to, to roll out this full-spectrum planetary control grid. So it really is a control system at its core to keep people from buying or selling or functioning or traveling without government approval. But it's more than that, uh, Tom. What else it does is it, it's a sign of allegiance. It's a way when people take the mark during the tribulation, they're essentially uh, committing their worship and allegiance to the Antichrist who sets himself up as God, like Paul said in 2 Thess 2, and demands the, that the world worship him. So it's either worship him or, you know, off with your head. Now, we know there's a whole remnant of people that come to faith in Christ during the tribulation. Many of them, of course, will be martyred, but some of them will flee to the hills. They'll hide out in caves. They'll be protected and somehow survive till the end. Um, but it's going to be a horrific time, and nobody wants to be here during that time. So, as you said at the outset, and we, we want to reiterate again, today's the day, like Lisa, to place your faith in Christ and settle this issue once and for all so you're not left behind. Yeah. Uh, uh, excellent. I was going to ask you about uh, this technocratic tyranny. You have a technocracy and transhumanism. I had Patrick Wood on the program uh, not too long ago, just before he had a stroke. By the way, he's he is improving. He is at home now. Uh, please continue to pray for Patrick. He's improved a lot, by the way. Um, but uh, technocracy and transhumanism. You know, I think uh, I asked Patrick the question. But when it comes to technocracy, it's a term that's been used a lot more lately. It's been around for a long time. But how would you uh, define uh, define it? Yeah, I, I heard that report on Patrick, by the way, at the conference there uh, last week in Rockwell, and I, I did not realize that you had a connection to him, but I cite him extensively in, in the book and quote him and list his materials in our bibliography. Uh, but he's kind of the world export on uh, technocracy. But, it, you know, the, the technocracy goes all the way back, you know, centuries ago, really, when, you know, people thought they could improve the world by building a a technocracy is what they call it, basically uh, using technology to improve our lives. And so it was a good idea, but like most good ideas, Satan and his earthly uh, co-conspirators kind of co-opted it and saw an opportunity uh, for power. So you go back, for example, to uh, you know a 1939 edition of the Technocrat magazine, and it was talking about uh, the science of social engineering and the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce, distribute uh, goods to the entire population. So, you know, not a bad idea. If we can do things more efficiently and better, we're all for it. But uh, Brzezinski, uh, you know, who's kind of the face of the technocracy, his 1971 uh, book on the on the subject really was the standard, and it's what they go back to again and again today. He basically saw that knowledge and, and technology were a function of power, and they could use it to really uh, just, uh, you know, take over uh, the world. And so, um, 
the techno he called it the technotronic era but basically as it relates to bible prophecy what they're doing is they're trying to use technology to accomplish the three omnis that that they can never be on their own omnipresence omniscience and omnipotence uh, satan is not any of those things so if he's going to preside over a global control system he's going to have to have help and that's exactly what we see um, you know being rolled out uh all around the world today this global surveillance system a, a prison planet and it's really fascinating when you look at some of the leading technocrats today you know the guys like uh you've all know harari we have a whole chapter on him in the in the book um and and all the transhumanists like elon musk and bill gates and uh and those guys you know they really they're like mad scientists in a in a laboratory just saying hey what happens if we do this or let's try this and they're just doing everything they can to to mimic the creative power of almighty god but the result is is disastrous yeah so when you i think of uh yuval no harari in silicon valley he and many others have talked about the next world religion is going to come out of uh silicon valley and that you know, so when you tie that into the false prophet, because ultimately this is the way I view it is this false prophet will be the religious leader of a system that's used. Um, it's going to hijack it or whatever. Uh, we have the religious system of Revelation chapter 17. However, when you look at the false prophet, there's, there's, there's more to it because it really is about this control he is, as you said, the dynamic duo. I can't help but think of Batman and Robin and Skipper and Gilligan and Hunt Down, <laughs> Abbott and Costello and the rest of the dynamic duos. But these are going to be exceptionally evil people. Um, yeah. And so there's a system that has to be built. This false prophet will be this religious leader. Uh, you know, I look at, uh, you look at wokeism as a foundation for uh, what has been developed and developing um, because people no longer can critically think like they used to be able to. A whole generations are being raised up that way right now. So it's easy to feed into this, this a spiritual dynamic. You can lift up climate change, um, the climate laws, the worship of, of Mother Earth as being this part of this religious system. But then you throw in technology and it was a, a What's Elon Musk, who you just mentioned a minute ago, he, with Neuralink, he says, hey, you, the lame will walk, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, this is Bible talk. So just like you said, the three omnis, omnipresent, omniscient, uh, 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 omnipotent, and this is what these people want. This is really what Satan wants. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, Brzezinski, you know, you, you, he's, he's one of his famous statements was, shortly the public will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They will only be able to parrot the information they've been given on the previous night's news. So that, that's really what they think about us. Uh, he, he said, quote, most Americans are close to total ignorance about the world. So they view us as lab rats. Remember, uh, Harari uh, said that most American, most human beings are unnecessary and redundant, and except for our use in a 
laboratory is basically what he said. And and that chapter, by the way, is is one of the most powerful chapters in the book. My favorite two chapters are five and six, where I talk about Harari, and then chapter six is all about AI. And um, it is happening so fast. But you know, you mentioned the dynamic duo. I, I kind of leading up to getting into Harari and, and some of the AI stuff that we talk about in the book, I have a, a chapter, chapter four called Historical Henchmen, Lackeys, and Wingmen. And I show throughout world history where behind every major tyrant, there has been a lesser known second in command that really was a key part of rolling out the tyrannical agenda, yet doesn't get as much attention. And that's kind of what we see the picture of the false prophet in scripture. You know, the Antichrist gets all the the, the uh, real estate in, in the pages of scripture. We have comparatively less data about the false prophet. But make no mistake, he, as you said, he's a dragon. He he's a he's powerful and he will preside over both the religious and economic aspects of this, you know, new world order that they're seeking to roll out. Yeah, the Adolf Hitler, Joseph Goebbels. Uh, yeah, that, he's. I list yeah. him. I list. Uh, yeah, Hitler and Goebbels. I, I picked three major time eras. So I went back into ancient times and and talked about Augustus and uh, Marcus Vespanus, his second in command. And then I went to kind of the Middle Ages and uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, the guy's name now, but, you know, one from the Middle Ages, and then I got to the modern times with uh, Hitler and Goebbels. But, yeah, that's a perfect example. And you have the the, the propaganda uh, shaping by the assistant, in this case, false prophet be the assistant. Hence, mm -hmm. you've got to worship this man. Uh, you must receive his mark if you're going to buy or sell. And we see the propaganda machine just rolled out uh, right now. We, we hear all the new talk. Uh, Biden says, you know, there's going to be another vaccine coming because we have a new COVID. We see certain things happening at certain schools. I kind of, I'm tending to think right now as we look at the news just today, uh, this kind of off subject, but at the same time, I, I sense what's taking place right now with the talk of a new vaccine. It's more of a test to see uh, who's, how, how people are going to respond. But I, I can't get too far into it because we, because uh, I, I don't want to, uh, give my hand slapped here, if you know what I mean. Maybe can have you back on a Wednesday. We yeah, I mean, if, if we were in a, it's too bad we're not in a free country with free speech. Then we could say whatever we want. But yeah. I guess uh, yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> so yeah, the true. other guy I was thinking about was Genghis Khan, and uh, his second in command was Subatai, and uh, yeah, that guy was pretty wicked. And yet most people don't even know his name. Uh, I know I didn't until I started researching it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And by the way, folks can go to spiritofthefalseprophet.org, spiritofthefalseprophet.org, and we list the whole table of contents there. And we actually reprinted the whole uh, preface that kind of gets you going and to tell you what we talk about in the book. So that's a good uh, resource, spiritofthefalseprophet.org. Yep. And I do have it on hopeforourtimes.com also. Um, it's, it's on it's on both those, so you can check it out there too. Um, we're going to show your 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 uh, video, your trailer for the book. Let's go yeah, ahead and watch this, do. everybody. All right.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. And uh, there you go. You can check out, uh, you just got to see the trailer. And again, you can go to hopeforourtimes.com and click on, just go to the store. You can find uh, the info for JB's book there or just go straight to uh, Spirit of Antichrist and check it out there too. And I'm going to change subjects for just a minute, JB. Um, then we're going to come back to this. I'm going to ask um, where you see some things going. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit about hacking. And, um, and, and I'm also going to ask you uh, about, as all of this relates, I'm going to ask you about what you see going on with America. But before we go uh, there, I want to ask you about this because uh, a lot of people are commenting right now on social media, both on the app and on YouTube, about uh, the event, the Burning Man event out in, in the desert. I'm sure you've seen that. Uh, it obviously is a pagan ritual. In fact, if you go back in history, uh, even biblical history, you start finding out, okay, the types of things that they're doing out there are uh, the types of things that you would read about in the Old Testament when God would uh, send uh, maybe David or um, he would judge uh, particular people himself. You know, it, JB, it was $1,000 to go to Burning Man. That's how much it costs per person. And uh, you couldn't sell any products there but because they wanted to be free of capitalism, but they charged a thousand bucks to go there per person. <laughs> that, that's kind of a, you know, that's interesting in and of itself. And then apparently it's uh, drugs and sexes and they have the worship of this thing. Uh, and I've seen it, in, I've, I've seen it in the past years also. Uh, but what, I mean, uh, but now we see this major flood that has come through there. Do you have any thoughts uh, on this? Well, I have to be honest, it was hard not to smile when we saw all the, the coverage out there. Um, it, uh, but yet, uh, you know, it's, we want to be careful not to, you know, say, hey, this is God's judgment. It, it sure is the kind of thing God has historically brought judgment on, and maybe that's what it was. But it could also just be uh, infighting among the Luciferians, because uh, we know they, they do weather manipulation. There's no question about that. That's mainstream news these days uh so who knows what the source of it is but yeah it was um it was you know again i, I kind of had to smile when i saw all that was that was going wrong there but it's it's blasphemous it's something that uh you know uh i tell you what a thousand dollars ahead you 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 are way undercharging for your conferences i'll tell you that because people get a whole lot more uh, of, of redeeming value out of a hope for our times conference than they ever will out of burning man that's for sure yeah yeah i look at this i know you know some people are going to get pretty ticked off because you just said you're smiling as you see that but you look at the book of revelation and when god judges the 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 wicked and, and you read about it you look at revelation chapter 19 it's very specific where there's rejoicing in heaven and people can't wrap their minds around this. Even the Christian can't wrap their minds around this. There comes a place, in fact, it's in Revelation chapter 19 when the believers are there in the presence of the Lord, us. After yeah. we're raptured, we're in the presence of the Lord with the 24 elders and the, and the numerous angels singing hallelujah, praise to the Lord because he has finally judged the wickedness of this earth. and and. You look at it, and listen, it's horrible to see. You don't want to see the loss of life and think that somebody uh, that has rejected Christ is in hell forever and ever and ever. But at the same time, we, we recognize, wait a minute, God offers his gift of salvation. 
the opportunity to receive him. And, and we're seeing it more and more where people are saying, I do not want God. And throughout the tribulation period, uh, we see where people refuse to repent, even though they know God's judgment is coming. They refuse to repent of their sexual immorality, their sorceries, um, and uh, their, their murders, all right on down the list. And yeah. they are cursing God in the process. Yeah, no, it, let me clarify. I mean, there is nothing unbiblical whatsoever about rejoicing when judgment comes upon uh, evildoers. That's what the whole imprecatory psalms are all about. It's praying and asking Almighty God to intervene and bring uh, judgment and consequence upon the evil of the world. And so, again, we're not talking about rejoicing that over the, the loss of life and, as you said, the, you know, people's eternal destiny. That's tragic. Uh, but at the same time, when, when justice is served, it brings it brings a sense of joy, and that's what the tribulation is all about. It's the outpouring of God's wrath, and it starts in Revelation six, chapters four and five, uh, set the stage for that. It's what we call a theodicy. You know, they're they're asking, you know, who is worthy to open these seals of God's wrath? I mean, we desperately want the great equalizer. We want God to come, and and all of the inequities and injustices of life for so long that have gone unanswered are going to be answered in that final seven-year period. And so then, of course, the Lamb, He is worthy because He shed His blood. So the seals of wrath are opened, and then, you know, we know the rest of the story. And so, yeah, people uh, are rejoicing when, when Christ comes back to tread the winepress of the wrath and fury of Almighty God. And as far as unbelievers, I mean, you, uh, you kind of hinted at this, but let me be very clear. Uh, anybody that ends up in hell has nobody to blame but themselves, because God has done absolutely everything He can, short of forcing people to accept the free gift, to, to save the world. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come uh, to repentance, and, and yet people still harden their hearts. So, you know, God's not going to force people to accept the gift. If you really want to refuse the payment that Jesus Christ made on your behalf, that's that's up to you. But I hope anybody listening or coming across this uh, video uh, will will take serious the, the call to salvation. It's a call to recognize you're a sinner who needs a Savior, and that only God's Son, Jesus Christ, uh, can save you, and he did so by shedding his own blood. Yep. Uh, the, the wrath of God was poured out upon the Son for anyone who would believe mm -hmm. and trust in yeah. him for the forgiveness of their sin. It, you know, what more could God possibly do? Absolutely nothing. You know, God is a righteous God. He's holy. Sin has to be judged. But he's so compassionate, so merciful, that he was willing to pour out his judgment upon his Son so that people could be saved. I think of Daniel chapter 9, the famous 70 weeks prophecy, and the angel Gabriel tells Daniel, 70 weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city, to finish the transgression, make an end of sin, uh, to bring in everlasting righteous, seal up vision and prophecy. These things mm -hmm. are all going to be fulfilled. God says, I've got to judge. And in Revelation chapter 19, the, the Bible says that, uh, the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven, that's us, mm. saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot and who corrupted the earth with her fornication. He has avenged on her the blood of her servants shed by her. 
And then mm-hmm. it, it just goes on to talk about uh, the people and the creatures in heaven saying, hallelujah, for bringing your judgment, your righteous judgment, God. So when we look at it and understand it, listen, this is wicked. I, I mean, men are continuing to let pedophiles run schools. Mm. I mean, we start looking at everything and go, we've gone completely insane. And uh, yeah. we're crying out saying, Lord, come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's, it's yeah, we want to go up, but it's also understanding uh, God's righteousness at the same time. Yeah, no question. You know, um, going back to artificial intelligence and the spirit of the false prophet, you know, one of the most, one of the saddest chapters in the book is a section in chapter six on Jesus, the Bible and artificial intelligence. And I I have a dialogue in there that I had with one of the, there's several, but two primary ones, but several uh, AI Jesus applications out there where people can actually have a conversation with AI Jesus. It's a fake Jesus, but, you know, sadly, most people don't uh, realize that. But in one of the apps called Chat with Jesus, I gave it a prompt, what must I believe to be saved? And then I include in the book the response, and it's just... It's it's just frightening, really, to think about how many people by the hundreds of thousands are using this app, and they're being misled by a fake Jesus who's impersonating Jesus, claiming to be Jesus. And then I just juxtapose, what did the fake Jesus AI say? What does the real Jesus, the one who shed his blood, say? And, you know, the fake Jesus is saying things like, well, it's not for me to say who goes to heaven, because, you know, I followed up with a prompt of, you know, uh, what about a, a Muslim? And if I'm a good Muslim, can I still go to heaven? And what will happen to me at death if I'm not a Christian, I asked. And and each time this fake AI Jesus just equivocates and says, well, it's not for me to say, you know, who really goes. And, and so then I just show from Scripture how Jesus is emphatic. Jesus said, for example, in John 8, 24, I say to you that you will die in your sins if you don't believe that I am he. And he goes on to say, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared. So Jesus, the real Jesus doesn't equivocate. He says, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. Uh, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Whosoever will let him come drink freely of the water of life. And he emphatically says, if you trust in me, you'll have eternal life. If you don't, you won't. So I think this is, I think we're getting close, Tom. We really are. The, the, the AI technology is there to, to do what Jesus warned about, where people are going to say, here's the Christ, there's the Christ. But there's only one true Christ, and uh, he's the one that took your place on the cross. Amen. So you have that section comparing the AI Jesus with the words of Jesus in your book. That would be great. Uh, You know, I can't help but think the more I read about AI, when I first saw the AI Jesus and uh, Yuval Harari, amongst many others, saying we need to write a new Bible, Mm -hmm. uh, China writing their own Bible. You know, we're seeing this, uh, and in the past, when you look at uh, Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus says, be careful that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. You had the, uh, the different people who throughout the centuries would say, I'm the Messiah. You know, we have false religions that have started, but it's one, and then there's another one, maybe a couple of years. But I started looking at the AI Jesus and all these different models. This is an explosion of, of the false Christ that are coming because of technology, where when we have the understanding that the last day's prophecies are um, likened to birth pains upon a pregnant woman, will increase in frequency and intensity, 
as the frequency and intensity of war and rumor of war has, it's, it's just massively greater than it ever has been before. Now, a rumor of war, the rumors are we will completely annihilate this nation. That wasn't possible in times past. We can completely destroy the whole world. So you look at that, we start looking at all the different things that are continuing to expand. The lawlessness will abound. Oh, it's, it's abounding, but it's going to abound more. So when we look at the false Christ that Jesus warned of, you look at technology, it's doing the exact same thing. The AI Jesus models, uh, the AI Jesus counselors that are out there. So now it's in the thousands or hundreds of thousands. Uh, it's going to be in the millions upon millions of people that are going to that instead of the Jesus of the Bible. And I, I just look at this as being another sign of the fulfillment of another one of the major signs of the second coming of Christ. Yeah, for sure. That's the whole premise of the of both of the Spirit of the Antichrist books and this new book, Spirit of the False Prophet, is that evil men and imposters are getting worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That means that deception is worse today than it was yesterday, and it'll be worse tomorrow than it was today. And so, uh, you know, deception is running rampant. And one of the one of the profound things that 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 occurred to me as I was researching AI, because I'm not a scientist, I'm not a I'm not a particularly techie guy. So you know, a lot of this book, I've been working on it for the last year, it was, it was harder, because I had to kind of educate myself a little bit on terminology and things like that. But one of the fears that even, you know, secular uh, experts in AI have, and it's it's becoming more, you know, people are hearing more and more about it, is this notion of AI replicating itself so that you're getting to the point where you will not be able to rep to recognize whether information you are reading was sourced from a human being or from an AI. So it really is blurring the distinction between reality and fiction. Uh, and, you know, that's by design, because again, Satan hates God, therefore he hates mankind made in God's image, and he's doing everything he can to marginalize humanity, the, the crown jewel of creation. Uh, that's the whole point of the gender surrender movement, which I talk about in, in my previous book. Uh, you know, AI has no gender. And so by advocating and promoting this notion that gender is irrelevant or insignificant or you can make it whatever you want it to be, you are not only sort of in your face to the almighty God and his image, but you're also conditioning people to think that, you know, AI is okay, that it's on par or worse yet, you know, the you of all Noah Harari's and Klaus Schwab's of the world think we're going to transcend humanity. We're going to do it better. Because remember, they think Lucifer's the hero and God's the antagonist. So, you know, God failed, and they're going to do even better in their creative uh, endeavors than, than God did, so they think. Yep. Uh, indeed. I'm going to get the question here in just a second. Hey, I want to remind you guys also go to the HopeForOurTimes.com bookstore and check out the different things that we have there. We're officially opening it today. Um, uh, right now, there's a, a bunch of different things. We're going to be loading up with more and more books over the next few weeks. And you can go there and check out JB's book uh, right there. Just click on the link in the store and uh, go down through the books and you will see it. All right. Ready for a question, JB? You bet. Okay. This comes from Tara Mullins. Uh, Tara says, I want to be a watchman uh, because there's no one in my church. Where would you recommend starting? Uh, there is so much information. Any guidance would be amazing. Mm. Well, um, 
I mean, if she's asking about a potential, you know, local church, that's a hard one to answer because we're living in the days of apostasy when there are fewer and fewer churches that are teaching the Word of God. If she's asking about resources out there, I think resources like Not By Works Ministries and Hope For Our Times and, uh, you know, Jan Markell, Olive Tree Ministries, you know, Prophecy Watchers. There are a lot of, you know, excellent conservative ministries out there that are sounding the alarm as a watchman should. Uh, and of course, you know, we're not all going to agree on on every detail of some of the eschatology in Scripture, but we all understand the big picture, that there is a God, He's working out His plan, He's redeemed the world through the death and resurrection of His own Son, uh, He provides salvation, and this world is rapidly heading uh, towards a, a final climactic battle called the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, and so, you know, I would check out some of the resources at Hope for Our Times. Um, obviously, NBW has a lot of great free resources and um and yes yeah, sound the alarm give out books buy this book spirit of the false prophet uh and again you can you know learn about it or even watch the video at notbyworks.org or spirit of the false prophet.org but buy it and send it to people because what's going to happen is it resonates like my previous two books did with unbelievers because of all the topics that we get into about the new world order and the great conspiracy, uh, but it gives the gospel. And that's really what our hope is, is that it'll strengthen the faith of believers and those who don't know the Lord will begin to connect the dots and recognize there's something bigger uh, going on here. So yeah, you know, I would, I would give it away. Uh, Sheep Hills has a question. Are not those that take the mark doing it at to actually worship the beast in complete rebellion to the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's actually what you said early on in the program. It is a yeah. complete act of rebellion. In fact, I would go so far and I make the case of it in my book that there is a possibility that because of technology and the mark, it'll cause the person to fulfill what Revelation chapter 14 says. There's no hope for you once you receive the mark of the book and mark the mark of the book, the mark of the beast and worship his image. However, the bottom line is it is spiritual. It's a, it's a decision that a person makes. It's open rebellion against God. And, it, and in that, it, it's game over. So whether or not it's because of technology and it does something to transform your DNA or something like that is one thing, but definitely because it's spiritual and it's open rebellion against God. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we did we did talk about that earlier, that there's two aspects to the mark. One is a sign of allegiance. Remember, the book of Revelation has a lot to say about marks. You know, right at the beginning, the 144,000 Jewish witnesses are sealed and marked so that they're protected uh, and, and so forth. So uh, it's 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 a, a mark that shows your allegiance to the Antichrist, you know, uh, which is basically indwelt, who is indwelt by Satan. Uh, but let's not forget, uh, Tom, from cover to cover, page after page in the Bible, the the method of salvation is the same. It's by faith. And so the only reason somebody ends up in hell is unbelief. Uh, taking the mark is not the cause for you to go to hell. Taking the mark is a symptom of the fact that you've never believed the gospel. Uh, so we've got to compare Scripture with Scripture. More than 160 times the New Testament alone conditions eternal life upon faith alone in Christ alone. Same thing in the Old Testament. There's not two different ways of salvation. Abraham was saved by faith. David, you know, so forth and so on. Uh, so what that tells us when we read that in Revelation 13 is that there will be a whole lot of people who reject the free gift of eternal life, and instead, uh, instead of trusting and having faith in Christ, 
they show their faith uh, in uh, the Antichrist, and they show that allegiance by taking the mark. And, and, and for them, that is evidence of a point of no return. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like Jesus told the, the unbelieving Pharisees in Matthew 12. He called it the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin. There comes a point when, you know, the Spirit of God's not going to keep knocking at your door if you continue to close it. And that's a horrific thing to think about. But, uh, you know, right now it's come one, come all. And, and you know, we implore people to trust in Christ. But at that point in the waning moments of, of life as we know it during the tribulation, it's going to be a fish or cut bait moment. Are you going to believe the gospel or are you going to believe the lie? Yep. Um, how do, here's another question. How are people saved in the tribulation? By faith, same way they always are. So it's by grace through faith, always. Abraham, Genesis 15, 6, believed God, and that's what declared him righteous. Uh, today, the gospel is very clearly spelled out in Scripture. Gospel just means good news, but uh, 1 Corinthians 15, Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. And if you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and rose again for your sins, uh, you will be saved, and it'll be the same thing uh, during the tribulation. Uh, and that's what the 144,000 uh, missionaries are going to be doing is going to the uttermost parts of the world to share the gospel. Remember, uh, Jesus said that the the end of this age will not come, end of the before the kingdom. The kingdom won't come until the gospel has been preached to the uttermost parts of the world. Now, the church is supposed to be doing that today. We may or may not get to every unreached people group before the Lord comes back. It, it's looking like we won't, because I think he's going to come back any day now. But for sure, during that final seven years, God will make sure that every human being on the planet hears the gospel before Christ comes back, including at the 11th hour, right before the Battle of Armageddon, He's God's going to send out an angel, Revelation 15, to share the gospel with any people that the rest of the missionaries didn't get to. Uh, so they'll hear the gospel and they'll have a choice to believe it or reject it. Yeah, in fact, there's a, a lot of teachers out there that, um, that teach post-tribulation rapture. Um, or actually, let me take that back. They're actually kingdom now, I, I would put it that way, where they believe that we're going to uh, usher in the kingdom of Christ because we're going to evangelize and convert the whole world because they take that passage where Jesus says in the Olivet Discourse that this gospel will be preached to all the world and then I will come. They take it out of the context of the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11, the 144,000 in Revelation, the angel that flies around the planet and fulfills that prophecy and, uh, and so they, they get things con uh, misconstrued for various reasons, which I don't have time to get into right now. But uh, listen, everybody, I do want to say this. Tomorrow you could join me live. Todd Hampson is going to be joining me. Todd hasn't been here in a while. It's going to be absolutely uh, terrific on Wednesday on the exclusive on the app. I have a couple of guests from Australia that are going to be joining me. And uh, JB, do you have any final thoughts to close out with? Well, no, I think we've we've hit the gospel uh, early and often on your program, which is what I love about you. And uh, and yeah, I just appreciate the opportunity to present the the book. Uh, we're excited about it, um, and uh, you know they can get it from Hope for Our Times. Uh, you can also check out SpiritOfTheFalseProphet.org to learn more about it. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, to seeing you in uh, Oklahoma next month. That'll be great. Looking very forward to it. See you then. Thanks, JB. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Hope you can join us tomorrow, too. Shalom.